Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we are talking about Mr. Miracle number two. Seventy-one. The first appearance of Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness. Lots of love. One of your favorite characters, I know. Yeah. Lots of love. (laughs) Is that what you call it? Well, I mean, you heard she's all like, I love my little whatever kids and my little kids love me. You know, they give they give Granny a lot of love. She actually said that a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Love and, yeah, love and a lot of battering and uh, damage. Anyway, before we start on that, I thought this was a really fun issue. Yeah, I really enjoyed the art. You know, again, like I'm just really kind of approaching. I mean, the story is pretty cool, but I just love the art. Some of the, you know, uh, the overlord, how the design of the overlord was. There's a... Um, you know, on page five, what an amazing spread. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff, a lot of good art here. And then some, you know, again, like as usual, as I like to talk about the subtext, some things that I like to read into of what Kirby was going through as he was producing these, these classics. Let's start with the uh, first few pages, because I just love Kirby's panel designs on the first few pages with the overlay of text and then like the skeleton of these of the chains? I can't quite sure figure out what that was that, that uh, Kirby has between the panels, but it looks spectacular. Yeah, it's pretty, it's really cool. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Is it Overlord looking at them? Well, I think that's what it's meant to be, mm-hmm. but Kirby never really kind of gives it a clear indication, you know? Yeah, and the panel, yeah, the division of panel is really cool. Something I've never seen before in comics, like especially on page one. Yeah, the way he does, I, I think it is pretty clear it's supposed to be Overlord because it's got the words overlaying and like it's got the uh, weird spine thing on the first page there. I, yeah. I, I'm not even sure what to call it. I want to call it a spine because it looks like a spinal column, but it's so different and so strange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Wonderful paneling. I didn't even think Kirby did that stuff. I think this is the... I was I was leaping through the Omni Volume 1 to see if I could find any other examples of it, and I couldn't. I mean, he, he, does, he did play around with... Uh, oh, this is towards the end of New Gods, if you remember, with paneling, panels and mm-hmm. circular panels. But, like, I, I thought early on in, in, in his work, he was just square panels, you know, with with gutters, but it was, it was really cool. No gutters, that was that was the cool thing, yeah. I really enjoyed that beginning. It got me really excited for the issue. I was like, oh my God, is he gonna do a lot of experimentation? And uh, maybe he didn't. <laughs> no, it kind of goes a little bit opposite of that, but still, it, it's yeah. got that great Kirby energy to it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was the entire issue is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this idea of, Scott creating basically an automaton, Shades of Frankenstein. Yeah. Whose follower, who's basically like a decoy or something. I wrote down like Iron Man. Yeah. It reminded me, I I don't know if Iron Man, I think later on, 
some of the writers adapted this idea of like there was a decoy for Iron Man to hide his. I don't know if there was one before Kirby did this, but it's interesting that like Scott Free, as you kind of alluded to last week, Scott Free actually doesn't have powers, right? He's purely like a like a technology superhero in the mold of Iron Man and and human willpower. Yeah, so it's kind of a. I guess he's just using his brains to, first of all, kind of prototype a, a stunt, but also to kind of create a decoy for mm. others. Yeah. Uh, did you notice, too, that the follower just looks more stiff? In all the pages he appears, it's really easy to tell the difference between the follower and Scott. And I don't know if it's just the way he draws the mouth. But, for example, when the followers on page uh, 11 and 12, he looks like a marionette. He doesn't look like he's animated with any life. But, like, on page 13 and 15, when you see Scott in action, he looks different. And it's Kirby, like, infusing life into the character. Like, 15 is a great example of that because when Granny discards the follower... It just looks like this toy. But when Scott thought. comes blazing in, he looks like he's like this living being full of life and energy. Well, on page, if you look at uh, the eye, I think the eyes are a little bit shaded. And I don't know if that's it. But on page 13, panel 5, you look at he's trying to balance. There's like things that a person would need to do. Like he's trying to balance himself up on the aero discs. And then he's kind of like, you know, there are just certain moves that, yeah, you're right. Um, it's just, yeah, the natural movement, whereas in like the follower is like a rag doll or like just stiff standing up. Totally shows Kirby's virtuosity. Mm -hmm. Because it looks so effortless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, like you're saying, that, that panel with the Overlord is the full page on page four. Mm -hmm. It's just such a classic, awesome, in the best sense of the word, Kirby creation. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great. Mm, I wonder if this thing is so big. It must be a huge thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we get a perspective on how big it is, do we? We do, we do, yeah. We do at the end of the, we see it at the end of the issue. Oh, you're right. Sorry about that. It's huge. I also love the fact that, like, uh, Granny Goodness is, like, you know, on page eight. She's, like, you know, she's not revealed. She's, like, on the computer or whatever. And then, like, she, like, drops her robe and she's, like, she's got, like, battle gear on. <laughs> Does she remind you of, like, a pro wrestler or something? Okay. And then later on, she went back to wearing her robe or her... I guess her cape. She is just such a badass figure in this issue. Mm -hmm. Like anyone would fear Granny Goodness. That look on her page, uh, on her face, on the half panel on page nine. Like she just looks like I don't know Modoc or something with that look of anger on her face. Do we know who she's based on? She looks to me like. Oh, Angela Lansbury. Mm. Does she look like that to you? No, I mean, 
I think at the time, Angela Lansbury would have been pretty young, right? I actually know the answer to this. She was in her mid-30s at the time. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Mm. And I, I only know that because uh, I just watched The Manchurian Candidate, and she plays uh, the, the mother of Lawrence Harvey, but she's only a few years older than he is in real life. Mm. So maybe not older than 40, but that's the first person I thought of when I saw her. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to think who he may have based her on. I forgot to look it up on the internet. I'm sure internet has something to say. Oh, okay. I actually just looked it up. Phyllis Diller. Oh, wow. Well, that makes sense because he was really into Don Rickles, too. So he's into the whole kind of Hollywood schlocky group, you know? That makes sense. Like, uh, kind of wacky comedian. One of the best comedians. Yeah. The scene where she throws off the robe, though, and starts beating up her henchmen. That's just so cool. She's so badass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she talks... First of all, Overlord is her pet. And she just discards the pet. And then the soldier boys are equally her pets. And she just beats them like dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, they look a little more like insects. And, gosh, in a way, it's like a foreshadow underdogs, you know? Mm-hmm. Because here's the people in power just beating up on the subservient class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Scott Free was on pace to, uh, on, tra- on the trajectory of like being part of those soldiers, right? The helmet soldiers. Yeah. Except she was, he was the only one that got away. Well, I think that's part of why she hates him so much because he was going to be one of her mm-hmm. slaves for want of a better term. Mm-hmm. And instead he actually breaks free he was the first to run away from her institution i also think it's like really interesting that granny talks in the third person mm-hmm. like uh, there's something kind of creepy about that uh, sometimes sometimes like I, I read it like a mother trying to passive aggressively say why are you being mean to mother mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious at the end of the book, though, how come she does, she, it seems like she doesn't have that much power over anybody, like she didn't beat up Scott. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. I don't know, it doesn't seem like, I mean, she has a lot of, she says a lot and she rules people, she beats up her soldiers, but for some reason she couldn't hit or hurt Scott. Yeah, that's an interesting kind of turnaround, isn't it? She yeah. even says on page 20, I'll kill you with my bare hands. And then on page 22, she just lets him fly away. Yeah. And they let her be. Yeah, both sides leave each other. I mean, you could see it more on Scott's side because there probably is some vestiges of love for her. And probably vice versa, too. Maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, based uh, following our rules, I didn't look forward into the next issue. Yeah, I don't think she's in that. I think that's Vermin Wunderbar. She's mm-hmm. not. I, I did not read the next issue, but um, but it's interesting because I mean, I wonder. I mean, I haven't really read too much about her, but it sounds like there is like genuine love for her. For everybody, even like um, on page fourteen, she said, "I love him. Serve the great, serve great dark side." So it's like, 
there's it's surprising to me like the more we read about you know how Kirby portrays the bad side there is some type of love to that you know it's not just like black and white where like they're just evil like hate 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 you know hate everybody you know there is some type of like a rule not I guess some type of um protocol to live and you don't necessarily think that you're the bad person which is really good writing mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the thing that people lose when they talk when they write new god stories now is they lose this complexity especially yeah. this emotional complexity yeah i mean this is as good as modern superhero comics get absolutely we've mentioned it time and time again i mean like you know maybe non-superior comics can get more poignant and more you know like topical but this is as good as you can get and it's pretty interesting i, I like it so there's a tiny little touch on page 14 that makes me think granny has a privileged position in her society too because kirby doesn't draw this explicitly but she lives looks like she lives in a mansion mm. with green around her yeah that's right. right there's grass and bushes it looks like she's walking out on her on the front lawn of her enormous mansion to greet this helicopter or whatever that's coming down the ship yeah. is coming down i think it's it's i mean i'm all, is this either it's either a mistake or on purpose just to show that like apocalypse looks like new genesis too at some points you know like it mm -hmm. time and time again the more we read this the more i realize like New Genesis people are just like just as bad as Apocalypse people. They might say the right things. Like it's almost kind of like in a lot of ways, like at least they 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 say the right things, but they don't do the right things. I think there's a lot of that. I think that I think uh, they're continually making the wrong decisions or putting themselves first. Yeah, like. You know, Apocalypse, one of the reasons uh, they're able to invade New Genesis was because New Genesis wasn't really treating the lower forms properly. So they had they, they betrayed New Genesis. Well, there's also something about Scott coming to Earth. We don't see we don't know a lot of his backstory yet, but we know he, he came from New Genesis, but he chose to live on Earth. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean. Why he's not he he's not there to fight dark side's minions mm -hmm. he's there to just have his own life did do we know if he knows about new genesis we don't well he must hinted, I think. because if he if he escaped from granny and he was on apocalypse there's no way he couldn't have known about new genesis that's about all we know at this point mm. Because we haven't gotten to the uh, to the pact in in terms of the overall storyline, and there's a, a parallel story in uh, Mr. Miracle where they talk about his background as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't quite know that, but I think it's implicit. Mm. I mean, it well, makes actually, sense. no. He has to he has to have some connection because he has a mother box. That's right. Yeah. And he right. has all the technology he shows off in the earlier pages. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Right. When he pulls up his arm and he, you can see the, the, the stuff all over his arm technology mm -hmm. uh, that that comes from Mother Box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that can only come from New Genesis. 
So it's only just implied there. So you'd have to be a smart reader at this point in the saga to be able to put those pieces together. Yeah. Interesting. So it makes sense. Like he chose not to go to New Genesis or remain on Apocalypse. He wants a new life. Just get away from it all. He wants to be scot-free from the entire conflict that keeps dragging him in. Yeah. By the way, there's no mention of intergang in this issue either. Yeah, this is, I'm assuming this is like uh, for the whole new, uh, for the whole fourth world, this is probably what, like eight or nine issues in, right? Yeah, this is more like a dozen issues in. Uh, I mean, this issue starts on page 200, 240 or so. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm only reading it off of the trade paperback, specifically for Mr. Miracle. It's the 11th comic published in the Fourth World Saga. Mm, wow. Interesting. And clearly he's creating it as a sidebar for everything else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the way I like the way he thinks. He's like I mean, he's supposed to be everyone's favorite character, right? Because he's he's like us. He's a human. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I like um, one of the notes that I wrote down. I love um, I love that uh, Granny Goodness has like a head statue of Dark Side in, in her apartment. It reminds me of like North Korea. Probably, yeah. Or any. You have to kind of bow towards the dictator. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, maybe instead of a painting or a picture, you'd have a statue, right? Because a lot of like um, government offices, they have a picture of the president, right? Mm-hmm. It's That's a sculpted bust of Darkseid. Who created the sculpted bust of Darkseid, by the way? <laughs> he, does he have artisans who do this work for him? Granny took a pottery or a... <laughs> She's got a kiln in the basement. I was gonna say another thing that I wrote down. You know, on page thirteen, panel four, like Scott's going through a bag. That's like a that's like an old lady's bag that he's going through. I wonder His if literal bag of tricks. What's that? I've literally brought my own bag of tricks. I love that. The bag of tr tricks is like a he stole some old lady's bag. <laughs> he's got those aero discs. I always love the aero discs. Mm -hmm. I want a pair I, of aero discs you can <laughs> fly on. Uh, you stand um, and you fly. One thing I wanted to mention, this is earlier, just kind of like a whole thing of like um, Oberon was saying like, wow, these uh, Thaddeus never uh, never tried these tricks. These are, if he would have found out that you're trying these tricks, he would have just quit. And uh, I just, just another illusion that like Kirby says that you need to come up with new things, you know, like you know, Kirby always said that, you know, just come up with new things. Don't follow the old stuff. So I do want to point that out. Um, yeah, that goes to the whole theory of the subtext to the books you've been talking about, which is so interesting. Because, yeah, he's clearly, like, trying different things, leaning in in different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, he's constantly kind of alluding to the fact that, um, you know, we... You, need to move ahead you have to be playing with new tricks 
And I just think that's so interesting, a man of his age playing with new tricks. And just uh, jumping back to uh, Granny, where is Granny? Are they taking the boom tube back to, where is she? Is she on Earth or is she on, she might be on Earth. Oh, she is on Earth. You're right. I misread the scene earlier because it says not far from the scene, a bizarre tableau is formed in an old mm. mansion. Is so she she's on Earth. She rented out the, the mansion. This is a lot of planning ahead. She rented out the mansion. And she built that whole uh, system. She set up Overlord. She brought her henchmen down. Huh. She even put in the, the statue of Dark Side. Like she furnished the place. <laughs> she, she set up the X Pit too. Yeah. And then later on, she got she brought her own rocking chair from uh, Apocalypse. <laughs> that looks. Even also, the rocking chair has got a Kirby look to it. The ottoman. And different capes for different occasions, because I think she's wearing a different cape early on than later. <laughs> Doesn't Granny Goodness strike you as a person who overpacks? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the title for this for this podcast. This <laughs> Granny, Goodness. Granny Goodness overpacks. <laughs> but, um, it sounds like everybody from Apocalypse overpacks. So did um, Scott brought his own bag of tricks too. Remember, he brought all his like tools. With he's his got everything bag. with him: mother box, the arrow discs, everything. Yeah. Yeah, is the X-Pit like something you can just, like, move from Apocalypse to this mansion on Earth? It's a lot of moving parts, it looks like. It's a lot of work. Look at page 16, just the top of it's got a lot going on there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you got to build this plastic elevator thing with all these buttons. That's a lot of freaking engineering. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that your technology in Apocalypse may be different on Earth due to some diff different physical laws. But, you know... Hashtag this is comics. Mother box. Yeah, mother box. Mother box solves everything. Yeah, but it, and then there's a part that is really funny as um on page seventeen um um like they talk like uh, Oberon saying like she's really angry and then she's all like and he's all she's no youngster perhaps it's just a simple fear of old age and its insecurities. Well, then Scott replies, yes, she'll sacrifice anyone and everything for gifts, rewards, which goes back to your whole thing about how she's like, she's a lot more complicated than you think. And I like going to your point also about her bringing all her clothes with her and stuff. She's this really extremely vain, proud person. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And you see that in everything she says, too, and the way she acts, the way she moves. She's almost like this regal figure. Yeah. She looks like she thinks she's the queen of everything she surveys. The only one she's willing to be subservient to is Dark Side. We even see that in other in some of the New Gods issues too. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows that she's just this kind of headstrong, nasty piece of work who who's so convinced she's the greatest person in all the multiverse that uh, aside from Dark Side, they're all everything else is just to be used by her. Even Dark Side has to be used by her. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that Oberon's response was uh, Scott Free saying, like, beneath her iron facade lies a hidden fear. I've seen it. And so that's why he's like, hey, maybe she's just scared of getting older insecurities. But very interesting. Yeah. 
So she may be based on Phyllis Diller, but her personality is just this, I don't know who it could be based on, but it's very complicated. Oh yeah, I mean her looks are, but not not personality. Yeah, she doesn't. Do you seem think she's sincere on page nineteen when she says, "Poor Scott Free, how he must be suffering. It's too bad he couldn't learn to see things my way." I think her personality is very similar to Nurse Ratchet potentially. Yeah. From uh, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, and I don't know, I don't know if that book had come out before or after, but. My feeling is that probably those types of characters were around in the 60s, late 60s and 70s, like condescending, pa- not passive aggressive, negativity type stuff. She's so condescending. It, it, it's amazing how condescending she is. Mm-hmm. And then we see that uh, how they got out, how they got out of the trap. That was interesting. Page 18 is just a fun page of Scott and, the, and Oberon escaping the trap. It's interesting that they actually went through torture in order to get through the trap. You actually had, and, you know, this kind of, you know, what's the best way of overcoming fear is to go through it. Mm-hmm. And come out the other side. Literally escape into the mud, get yourself all dirty, and you'll come through it. Yeah, God, that totally fits Scott Free also, right? As, as we'll find out, escaping apocalypse uh, and and or g- getting away from apocalypse, I guess, in a way mm-hmm. through yeah. Genesis. Uh, you know, he he got out of the mud, he got out of the garbage. Yeah, and then finally we see what uh, Overlord looks like—a little little tiny robot. That's such a clever little twist. Because like we were talking about before, on page four, he looks enormous. Yeah. And it turns out he's this little tiny nothing. But he's also like what Kirby calls in Hunger Dogs a micro-machine. Oh, interesting. Right? Because he's this little miniature circuitry that's turned into this evil creature. Mm. Interesting. Overall, I love this issue. I liked it a lot more than issue one. I liked it more than issue one, yeah. I think just uh, the villains were a lot better. The focus, it's really just three characters in the whole issue, and it, that really works for its benefit. Yeah. And the panels. I think the panels are my favorite part. And Those first, first three pages are just yeah. sensational. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jason. Thank you, Amir. Vermin Wunderbar comes in next issue. We're going to have some fun with him, too. Um, next issue, let's talk about the cover a little bit, too. Interesting cover. Yeah, it is. Thanks, Amir. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you.